ready? Are you good to go, Josh Helmer? I'm ready. I'm good to go. Good morning. How was the weekend? Good, good, good. Don't we'll worry. I didn't, uh, I didn't hear from you before the open, so I was like, all right, are we, are we here? Are we ready? Sounds like that is an affirmative, right? Oh, we're ready, baby. Happy Monday good. to you. Happy Monday. All right, we got a lot to get to on the program today, and obviously as the home of Sooner fans, it starts with Oklahoma's dominating performance on Saturday. And kind of the way Monday goes here on at least our show, it is, it is simply, you know, two and a half hours of nonstop game reaction as I'm live from OU, as I'm getting set for the taping of Coach's Corner. And then Josh takes your calls in the final 30 minutes, and you all set ablaze to the hard work that we've done through the first two and a half hours. Does that seem like a typical Monday to you, Josh? That's right. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> uh, well, take me through the weekend for you. How was, uh, how was Friday? Great, great turnout. Thanks to all the members of the Ref Army that came out. Uh, an absolute blast. So many, so many Tulsa peeps that I saw from back in the days of the buzz. And then so many new faces, which was in, incredible. I feel like I just I, I feel like that with maybe the best way to put this, the foresight of fourteen thirty, and iHeart Tulsa and the great Don Christie to continue to give us an opportunity to be aired on AM fourteen thirty, and the passion that our listeners have in the Tulsa market, it really makes I think Josh for the necessity for more trips to T-Town, more trips, maybe to cover more Golden Hurricane events, more trips to the 918. So thank you for that. So while you and I were rolling through a Friday, how did the rest of the weekend go for you? Because you had some high school football on Friday night. It was good, man. Yeah, high school assignment uh, was nice on Friday. It uh, Norman North played really, really well uh, against UConn. I was expecting maybe it to be a little bit closer than it was. It wasn't, but uh, that that was a fun one to call. And then uh, obviously just got to completely dive into Oklahoma and in a full slate of college and NFL games this weekend. So it was, man, for me, picture perfect weekend. What about you? Picture perfect, yeah. I I think if I had to do it again, probably wouldn't have gone up on Thursday night, right? Probably should have waited until Friday or maybe even – uh, come back on Friday night because I I then was there too long. Does that make any sense? In other words, it's like, oh, okay, well, this is what I do, and this is where I like to go eat, and these are the people I like to go see, and these are the places I like to go, and, oh, I know this shortcut. So it was it was almost as, as if two nights and three days kind of gave me that feel for home. And then after the game, we went and ate at my favorite restaurant. So it was really cool, man. It was a great – it was a great trip back for me. And my kids got to go, so they got to walk around campus. My wife has a piece of art that she built whenever she was in college that long ago uh, that is still on display on campus. So that's that's pretty cool. Girls got to see that. My daughter turned 15, so it was part of the birthday celebration. So on a very selfish family side, Josh Helmer, the weekend was awesome. I, I got to see the um, – I guess he would be considered kind of like the the captain of the Plank Platoon, my man Robbie DeRossett. 
So that made my weekend. The OU Club of Tulsa was out in full effect. So thanks to Chris, thanks to Paige, thanks to that whole crew. They're just amazing. Yeah, and then we had a football game that was, I don't know, it's the best way to put Saturday if we dive into the game, Josh, kind of as expected. Would that be the best way to describe it, as expected? As expected and, for the most part, what you wanted. Couple of That's defensive, it? couple of defensive breakdowns. I mean, caught looking with the eyes, and you know, Pearson thinking it's an out route, and then he gets burnt deep. But I mean, generally speaking, you come away with five interceptions, and I thought Dylan Gabriel was incredibly sharp. The uh, just from the word go, that touchdown pass to Farouk is is right where it needs to be for him to go make the catch and then race into the end zone. So yeah, I mean, it was a complete performance to close non-conference. How could you not feel good about it? I'm and, and I I heard um, I listened a little bit to Tyler and um, Travis. They were still on whenever I was walking in my car, and it it's really cool to hear. And, and hopefully that continues today and and throughout the afternoon. It's cool to hear the excitement and um, I don't know if the term would be appreciation for where this team has improved. But then also, Josh, that reality that, all right, listen, we're we're just getting started, right? It's again, you were three and zero last year, three and zero this year. We can give you the numbers. We can give you the numbers, and they show you that they're improved, right? In in the stats and the missed tackles and the yardage allowed, everything defensively. Uh, offensively, third down conversion, more deep shots. Boy, that was quite the – you didn't get enough deep shots against SMU? They were listening against oh, uh, TU. But I think it's all wisely couched with, yeah, I feel like we're better, but let's go on the road and take care of the Cincinnati test. Don't care about the spread. Don't. I don't feel like you have to beat them by a certain number. Just beat them. Don't get caught in look-ahead mode by any stretch of the imagination. Beat a bad Iowa State team. And let's set up, barring Texas stubbing its toe, what could be a titanic matchup in week six between Oklahoma and Texas. Now, that to me is the dream. The reality is we got work to take care of this week against Cincinnati. And just because Cincinnati lost to Miami of Ohio this weekend, which still just doesn't seem right coming out of my mouth, Josh, just because that happened, it does not mean that they are any less of a problem in the interior and on their defensive line. They are a what, – what did Ted say? He thinks they're going to be the best interior defensive line and defensive uh, line group that we'll see. That's how good they are. Now – Kudos to Miami of Ohio for finding a way to, to get it done. But I don't like facing a team at home in an historic matchup for them, first ever in a Power 5 league. It scares me a bit. But you're a double-digit favorite. You've looked apart so far. Let's continue it on. And then, Josh, let's set up that what would be one of the biggest OU Texas games that we've had in a minute pending Texas taking care of their business over the next few games, too. Yeah, Oklahoma, where they're at right now in the rankings, 16 AP, 14 coaches. Win the next two, are they top 10 for that game? 
Uh, you've got a lot of things that are going to be happening around you this weekend, too. There's a lot of big games, right? Uh, I, you know, Clemson, yeah, Clemson fell out of the rankings in the AP, but are still kind of knocking on the door in the coaches' poll. The thing that would worry me was some sort of rocket ship up their backside if they beat Florida State. But if you think about it, um, just kind of thinking what could happen. This is very much, all right, I'm, I'm going to be upfront on. This is doing something that I hate doing, but for the sake of this conversation, I want to do it. Ohio State and Notre Dame are going to play this weekend. Somebody's going to drop. That's one spot. Um, you know, Florida State? Probably takes care of business. Probably, but, you know, I, I don't. Ole Miss and Alabama are going to play each other, so there's a second spot. You know, you just start looking around. Uh, Utah, Oregon plays Colorado. So I, my point is, yeah, I think I think you're right because there's so much, and we're really getting ahead of ourselves, right, three weeks ahead. But in those three weeks, you know, you also have the Penn State-Ohio State game, Josh. That's October 21st. So um, – no, that wouldn't be right. You won't have the Penn State, Ohio State. My gosh, Penn State's got a bye. All right, I got thrown off by their bye week. So, oh, you do have Penn State, Iowa, though. You got Penn State, Iowa this weekend. So if Penn State loses there, you know, there's that possibility. Because I don't think Penn State's going to lose to Northwestern. Oh, my goodness, that is a bad football team. Yeah, I don't know, the, I don't know that anybody's losing to Northwestern. Um, but the point is more than anything else. Yeah, that possibility is absolutely positively there. And right? and you know what? Not altogether important, but they'll be knocking on the door if they're not top. Oh, sure. So it's so it's going to be if you take care of business. Yeah, it's going to be a huge Red River showdown, and with all of the storylines attached to it from last season, with how frustrating that day was and how embarrassing that day was. It's a huge game for Oklahoma. Nationally, the ramifications, what people have been saying about, hey, Texas is SEC ready, Oklahoma's not. There's a lot of narratives that can be shifted that day. But. But. Work to be done. There's work to be done. Now that we've completely gotten over our skis, my fault, I want to hear from you what stood out this weekend. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet Tax Line is always the best way to get involved. 405-651-3439. There was a point. There was a point during the post game on Saturday night, where I thought, "What? What more can really be said?" You know how? Listening to Tyler and Travis, listening to Toby and Teddy, and li- talking to the guys down in the locker room. You know, we've got shows upon shows upon shows to do this week, not just on the ref, but in covering OU. I mean, you've done through the first three games exactly what you wanted to do. When there were questions, they were answered. Now, in a lot of ways, the real season truly gets underway. But my question today is this. What question do you still have unanswered through the non-conference? I have, I have two. I have two. But I'm curious to hear from you. This doesn't have to be negative. You know, maybe you look at it and say, hey, I came into this. And I had questions about Dylan Gabriel, and through three games, as good as Jackson Arnold has looked, uh, I'm fine with letting Dylan cook for a while. Yeah, sure, it was a little bit dicey against SMU, but look at the way he responded this weekend. But I'm just curious, after the non-conference season, 
Where do your questions still remain? You know, the other side of this, Josh, if you want to go positive and you think that's too negative to look at it, what surprised you? What do you look at and say, that's a bit of a pleasant surprise? I think that there is a lot of unanswered questions, and I think that's what keeps driving this team. You know, I feel like they're in a much better spot than they were last year, but we won't know until the next game on Saturday and then the next game after that and then the next game after that. But I'm just curious to hear from you people today. Just kind of get your perspective on where are some things that you look at and you think, okay, need a little bit more there or a little worried about that. Or maybe you turn that other way and say, man, I'll tell you what, I was watching Nick Anderson on Saturday. If he can stay healthy, seeing Jane Gibson get more involved, that was a strong catch that Jane Gibson had this weekend. Now, before you think I'm nerding out over one catch, I mean, you would be wrong, but I thought that was impressive to go up and get it with the defender's hand right there. It looked great. And, and what more could be said about how good Nick Anderson looked? So think about it, Josh. Okay. Get in here, Ref Army, 405-651-3439, and we'll dive into what we still need to see. Uh, But there is one very alumni-ish point I want to make when we come back, Josh. Does that make sense? In other words, I went to TU. TU means a lot to me. That city means a lot to me, man. And something happened on Saturday that got me so excited for the future of that program that I think it just needs to be, it needs to be magnified. It needs to be talked about more because I found myself in shock. And I know many others, friends of mine, fraternity brothers of mine who hadn't been on campus in a while, they found themselves pretty shocked too. And maybe it's something that you saw this weekend that will draw you in whenever Oklahoma's not playing to support a team that desperately needs a larger fan base. We'll dive into that next, right here on The Wrap. Some pretty cool stats that are coming out of Oklahoma's solid start to the season as we welcome you back into the Plank Show on a Monday. Oklahoma's much maligned defense, I think is a fair way to put it from last year. Right, Josh? That's fair. Yeah, nationally bad defense, I think, uh, would also apply. Improved in just just about every conceivable area. Just about every conceivable area. They are – actually, I, I think – I was looking at George's tweet on this, George Stoya. I think it is every single category where they are better that you might consider that quote-unquote matters, Right. Uh, have given up fewer yards, fewer points, uh, significantly fewer first downs. They've turned opponents over more, and they've missed 13 fewer tackles, while the third down percentage, last year through three games, opponents were converting on 35%. This year through three games, 29.8%, and it's one of the best in the country. Not bad, right? Pretty good. Yeah, those are obviously very encouraging numbers. Um, 
Real quick, before we get to your Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, I like when you give me just a short answer. It's like, I'm not going to get too carried away with this. Those are encouraging. Let's not start losing our minds quite yet. It's like the Wolfman. Now go get the – you got any linens? Let's go make sure that we can fix this offensive line right now. Well, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I can expand if you'd like. I would like for you to because I think they're encouraging, but are you also in that mindset of let's let's couch this a little bit, let's make sure – we remember where we've been and where we done come from. I think everybody is, and probably everybody should be, because of the experience everybody just went through last season where you looked fantastic, you were people playing the folks that were dunking on Oklahoma by the time the year was over. Sure. And honestly, before last season, Colin Cowherd, a bunch of people nationally coming out of the Nebraska game, thought Oklahoma was the college football playoff team. They did. Sure. They, they mm-hmm. sat there and, uh, you know, by year's end wore a little egg on their face. So it's, it's tough to get too carried away, and yet there are signs, yes, across the board. I mean, th- read some of those numbers again. The third down conversion percentage defense is a key statistic there. Oh, it's – well, you, you think about where they were last year. It was up over, what, 34 35%, 29.8%. Substantially improved. Substantially. What? Uh, read a couple of those other numbers again. Missed tackles down from thirty-five to twenty-two. I mean, which again, great sign. Get an opportunity to get somebody down on the ground, make the tackle, get them down. But obviously, I mean, everything is couched with yeah. Well, let's see what happens uh, these next couple of games, and then Texas. I do. I do think though that on Saturday. That would have been the most missed tackles Oklahoma had. Because I want to say through two games, it was only like 14. So maybe that – I'll double-check those numbers. I've got them written down here in the big – I've got them written down here in the big red notebook somewhere. But everything looks better. See, that's the Josh house. There's the expansion we needed, baby, because you're right. Now, before we get, before we get into the negative – is that fair? Because there is there is some questions here on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. That that's fair enough, right? You want to remember where, got to remember where you came from. Here's here's what here's what would fire me up if I was a TU fan after Saturday, and it has nothing to do with what happened on the field. If I were a University of Tulsa college football fan, Josh, I would be on cloud nine about what they're doing around the game. Now, we can talk about the we can talk about the on-field guys, Mike, which I don't really know if we have mastered in any stadium in college football, Josh. I don't know if we do. It's not a knock. I've been a hype guy before. I don't think we've been able to match Casey Loop's brilliance as the field guy during Tulsa Talons games with our on-the-field microphones. Basically, I can't understand anything any of y'all are saying, and I'm down there on the field. (laughs) But (laughs) beyond that, man, I went to that school. I graduated in 97-ish, and I remember my buddy Harry Willis – saying the one thing that he hopes to see in his lifetime is, well, the three things I think it was, is A, 
construction ever being completed on the Broken Arrow Expressway. B, people scalping tickets to a Tulsa game. And C, tailgating before a Tulsa game. The amount of tailgating that took place before a TU game included the good folks at Hasty Bake having their grill set up right there on the street that runs, I, I can't believe I don't remember what street it was. I think it's like Glenn Dobbs' way now. But Hasty Bake would be there. Big O would have a setup, and then Harry Willis would have his setup across campus. Now, it's a party. I was blown away. And I didn't realize that many people wanted to see Sean Kingston too, Josh. That was a big swing and a miss for me. Sean Kingston, apparently still pretty big deal to people. Nice. Things I learned on Saturday. Uh, one thing that I will say, we've got to move away from that rain cane song i don't know who that band was but they played it about 86 times in a row and i'm like okay we get it rain cane rain cane we, we understand it horrible but the best thing that could have happened i think for that university is for and that football program is to have diehard oklahoma football fans that live in the tulsa area that when OU is either on the road or when Oklahoma's playing a game that staggers or when you want a place to take your kids and you want to have a good tailgate environment, you know, now maybe you go back. Maybe, dude, I'll tell you what. I thought it was 70-30 sooner to, to Tulsa fans. What did it look like on TV to you? Definitely lopsided. Okay. Yeah. That South End Zone, I'd never seen it like that for an OU game. That was unbelievable. It was awesome. There, if you were wearing blue in that in that group, kudos to you, and kudos to those fans that made a difference. But it doesn't have to be a bad thing for Tulsa. It can be a good thing because those fans that win Josh on Saturday, maybe they get exposed to wanting to support uh, Kevin Wilson, a former OU coordinator. Maybe they realize, hey, this is a little smaller. This is nice. Maybe they realize that there is, I mean, at the Chapman Commons where they do all the tailgating, and I understand it was unique, right? It was a, a little bit more juice than you would typically have. I would imagine that atmosphere was a little bit north of what they had for uh, TU Arkansas Pine Bluff. But they, they've they got a scene, man. It's really, really cool. I, I talked to Pop in our pregame show, and he said, you got to give credit to Brad Carson. He's the new TU president. And he came in and thought, we got to do something. we got to do something to up our tailgating. They've got a, they got stage set up. They got bands. They got free food that they give away. They've got former. I saw a former player. I never. Just, I didn't get to go say hi to him. I think Taylor Heineke still hates me. But there's, there's got former players that have their tailgates with their businesses set up out there. It was just, it was really well done. And I think every single Oklahoma fan that went and experienced that probably feels the same way. It's like, wow, this is really cool. This is exactly what Tulsa needs. And from my very hopeful and, and homeristic alumni side, where I, that's my school, that's where I went, that's where I just stopped paying money to three years ago, Josh. So I, I, I think it's got a chance to lure more fans in as maybe they either – Oklahoma's off, or Tulsa's playing on a Thursday night, or whatever. It can draw more people in. And I think it would do the same for OSU fans and Arkansas fans, too. Because I know this much. 
with the smallest enrollment in FBS, you're not going you're not going to get back in the game by just your students and alumni showing up. It's you drive around Tulsa even on Saturday. I bet the restaurants and movie theaters were still packed. So those people can become fans too. That's it. That's all I had on TU, Josh. I wish you could have been there. I don't even think me taking pictures would have done it justice, but for a place that has significantly underachieved underachieved josh elmer i think i believe that they've got this thing figured out whenever it comes to tailgating and the atmosphere around it it was legitimately improved bro it was another world and not and not just an oklahoma thing you don't think Oh, oh, listen, it, there, <laughs> that crowd, the shots you saw of Sean Kingston, oh, I think that had everything to do with Oklahoma. Have you seen the picture that Brad Carson tweeted? Uh, no. I'll send it to you right now. I'll send it to you right now. Um, so, oh, yeah, a, a lot of it was absolutely 100% uh, and, and I Oklahoma. just mean, And I just mean in terms of the tailgating, too. I mean, like, obviously, no, no, no. That, that brings people out. They're doing the tailgating. I even had... I don't know why I'm yelling today. I had two beat writers, well, and and, and a columnist. I, I bill him. I mean, Mr. Bill Hasten said you need to go check out the tailgating scene. I'm like, seriously? He's like, yeah. I'm like, is it because OU? He's like, this is every game, but I don't know if it's quite that packed. Is maybe the best way to put it. See, that that's incredible, right? Sean Kingston. Yeah. Did you get that picture? Yeah. yeah I mean, that's is, this is pretty big whole, time. Yes. Yes. And all the tints that are behind that, it's its wild. It's really well done. Now, do I miss the Metro Diner being over there? Am I a little bit sad that Starship Records isn't there anymore? 11th Street, Route 66 is much different, but it's for the good. There is my, my takeaway from the TU Homer perspective. I don't understand the decision with the starting quarterback that they picked. <laughs> I don't get that. But I also realize that even, even Gabe had said that with what Kevin Wilson is trying to do offensively, it would seem as if he fit a little bit better. There you go. All right, quick break. You ready for the text line next? Man, good for Sean Kingston. Yes. I didn't know he was still that famous. I had no idea. It's the Blank Show right here on the Home Center Fans. A couple of quick Tulsa observations, though, real quick, Josh. Just two quick ones. Okay. Let's see. Her. Number number one. They have cornered the market on weed stores. No, I thought I, <laughs> driving around here. I disagree. I don't know, dude. I don't know. I kind of thought Norman had the most of anywhere I had been recently, and then I drove around in Tulsa a little bit. Oh my goodness! I hope y'all are making money. Number two, where the water go in the river? What's what's happening here? Is this just from the heat? Are we damming that up somewhere? Are we preparing to try to build on the river? No. What's going on? Where'd the water go? Beautiful city, man. I love I love love me some Tulsa. Great showing from the OU fans. Solid stuff from TU as well. And thank you to Don Tomkowski, my very first boss ever. He he allowed us in early so we could do all our pregame shows, the press box. Uh Bruce Howard, I'd say, uh, Bruce, I think he's mad at me. He didn't even talk to me. I was hurt. Kind of crushed me. That's my mentor, Josh.
That's the man who trained me to be what I am. Bruce Howard was the man who imploded Dr. Plank. Dr. Plank was going to be the gimmick. Here to fix all your sports ails at 405-329-9000. But he made the horrible decision to tell me to just be who I am. And look what's happened now. But, no, it's great to see them, Rick Corey Pop and all of them, and then, of course, all the great Oklahoma fans. Are you, um, are you ready for some Grinching first? Not necessarily in a bad way. Now, let's make this clear. We're not here to be negative. But what's the question of the day, Josh? What do you want to see improvement? What do you want to see continue to get better? Maybe a little bit unfair on a victory Monday, but still, questions we have to answer, right? Sure. Yeah, it's not perfect. I mean, look uh... – this win over Tulsa, there's a couple of coverage busts in it. And, you know, depending on – do we know what, what the status is for Gentry Williams? He came back in. So he should be good. But I, I would – let me – where's this text? There, there's a really good text on that just while – since you mentioned it. Uh, Brazilian Sooner. I love Gentry Williams as the starter, but encouraged we have good backups in case they are needed. Walker and Dobie. Uh, Dolby, excuse me, are playing well. Yeah, Kendall Dolby was one of the guys that kind of caught an earful from Coach V. Oh, really? At some point. I don't remember what it was for. But um, And Kenai Walker did too. I'm kind of pretty sure about a little bit of everyone. BV was fired up on Saturday. It was awesome. But I think Gentry's okay. I feel like this is something he's going to have to deal with most of the season. Like Ted talks about those shoulder injuries and, you know, either how, the, how they can pop out or be when you really get hit there the first time, it's going to it's gonna sting. You're going to feel like you're done, and then, you know, you shake it off and you're fine. But I thought he looked pretty good. Well, I, I definitely think Oklahoma's at its best when Gentry Williams is, is out there right now. Now, having said that, they, yes, have, have – Seen some nice things uh, from some of these other names like Dolby, uh, obviously uh, Vickers, and you know on and on and on. Can mm-hmm. I Walker? But you know you say that, and, and Vickers gets you know freshman a mistake. They hit him for over the top of the touchdown and things. So it uh, it would behoove Oklahoma for him to be healthy. The most frustrating thing that I would say from the the, the corner position has been the inability to get Josiah Wagner on the field. And uh, if, as as I have learned, he had as good of a camp as anybody, but he's dealing with a bit of a, I guess you could say, uh, he's dealing with a bit of an injury. I'll just be generic. And until, and I think it's going to be something he's going to have to deal with if he can get on the field this year. But I do, I would think, I would think he's a guy for as much, buzz as he generated in camp josh that they really would have liked to have used him here in these first few games just to kind of see all right where like they were able to with vickers you know mccarry vickers is in the game to where if he makes a mistake like he did um in in you know drop eight if he makes a mistake then you're still up by five scores you know is that something you can risk with josiah wagner do you just say hey it's not meant to be for him this year probably a red shirt with this injury yeah and hopefully hopefully it's not that but uh if that's what winds up happening i mean you know you got to do what you got to do and you you don't want to push an injury it's a fair question by the way from the 817 
Guys, could you imagine the meltdown with fans if we were tied at home in the fourth quarter with Wyoming? Guys, OU's good, and Texas beat a terrible Alabama team. Well, the jury's still out on Alabama. Oof. Now, I didn't get to see any of that game, but the way they made it sound was weather-wise, it was just a disaster. And I don't know when Alabama's going to go back to Tampa. <laughs> It's like, okay, we're good here. We're not coming back. But you expect him at the very least to be able to run the ball at will against USF, and that didn't happen. Texas, I I mean, we were in a one-score game with SMU was Oklahoma going into the fourth quarter. That was a three-point game, and the Sooners pulled away. Wyoming, at the very least, already has a win over a Big 12 team, so I kind of thought that was going to be tighter than the spread. But you shouldn't be tied with him, right? If you just beat Bama and your Texas is back, you shouldn't be in a spot where you're going into the fourth quarter and that game is in the balance. If you're a Texas fan, I don't know how you can be disappointed in sure. the way that thing started. But bottom line for them is, look, they, they won, they move on, and and now uh, what, Baylor and Kansas before Oklahoma? Yeah. Oh, exactly. Exactly. Clinton Tulsa has a good question. How does a beaten-bow coached O-line struggle to play with good technique? And how does a supposed offensive genius come up with such an anemic run scheme? Well, we've got today on Coach's Corner, we have DeMarco Murray. And we'll hopefully get some questions answered. I don't, I don't see DeMarco getting too carried away with giving away, you know, concerns or issues that he's had with the run game. I, I thought two things that he that Coach Levy talked about last week came to somewhat fruition, right? They said they wanted to get uh, – I always forget Sawchuck's number, 27. They want to get two and 27 more involved. And I thought with Javante Barnes, that's about as good as he's looked consistently this year. Uh, I know the numbers aren't where you want them to be right now. Oklahoma on the season, averaging only 4.3 yards per carry. As a team, they had 125 and 4.2 yards per carry against Tulsa. But they also, I mean, mean, Josh, with all the success they were having in the the passing game on on Saturday, I mean, I I think you balance that out and – it was fairly – you ran the ball 28 times, you threw it 38. But, I mean, they threw it for 476 yards on Saturday and ended up with six passing touchdowns. So, I'm not going to get – I don't disagree with the concerns over the run game, but, Josh, I'm not going to get too bent out of shape over it. It's been a revolving door there because of some injuries. Hasn't been what what everybody wants it to be, but like you said, I mean, you almost throw for 500 yards in the game. Dylan Gabriel was sensational. He's he's been great throughout uh, the non-conference portion of the season, and now it's time for him individually to go prove that that's going to carry over right week to week to week uh, against Big 12 opponents. I mean, I think that's a fair question if we're talking about questions with this team. Is Dylan Gabriel going to keep looking like this Dylan Gabriel? Because if he does, then Oklahoma right now coming out of the non-conference plank. I don't see how this team's not playing for a Big 12 championship. Given everything else that has happened in the league, I will be shocked 
if this team is not playing for a Big 12 championship. But, uh, yeah. again, that's we got to see some of this stuff carry over. But I do think you, generally speaking, if you have Grinches, if you have complaints, don't you feel better now, today, than we did going in? Sure. Absolutely. I think the – you know, Saturday started about as poorly as it could with – and, and I don't know, every sing, every time I see Jalil Farouk, Josh, I want to call him Joaquin Iglesias. I don't know why. And I'm going to do it at some point. And Joaquin wore, what, nine, and he wears three. So I don't even know where it's coming from. But Jalil Farouk fumbles the opening kickoff. I, I mean, you could not have a worse way to start the day. That was a nice job punching that football out. I never really saw a good replay of it, even uh, even in my, my second watch. But it – are, are in the stadium. My second watch, it. you're right. Yeah, it was a good play. In in that, you know, you just you, you tip your cap, but your defense goes out, shuts them down. Boom. What, three plays, next drive, you go score. So all those, hey, start fast. They did, and they came out, and they just they just suffocated uh, Tulsa early. Now, give Tulsa credit. They fought back. But to me, yeah, I think it's fair. If you want to, you know, deep in, that's what we're asking. I'm not sitting here going to dump on anyone in their opinion. But I also think that we are in a in a place that, you know, more than anything else, you did throw for six touchdowns, right, on Saturday. So I'm not gonna, gosh, that run game. Well, eh. oh, pass game was going. But maybe some look at it as this, right, Clinton Tulsa. Hey, I appreciate that. I'm not saying there's anything wrong. I just want to make sure that when we do run the football, we're having the same amount of success. I think that's fair. All right, um, look at us. Almost on time. Quick break. Uh, text back. Keep them coming. 405-651-3439. Got a little audio that we'll share. We got our top five stories today as we continue to look back on Oklahoma's win over Tulsa and looking ahead to the week ahead right here on The Ref. I forgot, Josh, that I owe you and so does Sooner Nation some big O massive kudos Slash attaboys. Do you know why? No. What's up? Do you remember who you told me to put in my spotlight this weekend? Mr. Farouk? You absolutely did. Good call. Good call. Ding, ding, ding. Do you? Okay, I'm just, I'm curious. Right from the get-go, too, you were looking smart. Right, exactly. I think I was in the middle of Toby's call. I wanted to jump in and be like, my spotlight guy. Thank you. And then all of a sudden the ball comes out on a fumble. But I kind of had that same feeling. I I wanted to go one of the receivers. I I wanted to go Jaden Gibson. But was it just a matter of feeling like the passing game was going to have a concerted effort to be, I don't know, a little bit more downfield? Was that the hunch you got, or did you just think that last play he made against SMU was a sign of good things to come? Because that's what I felt. Yeah, really the play against SMU was, hey, I'm here in 2023. And then a concerted effort. You felt like, you know, up until that point, you really just hadn't seen a ton from Farouk in the passing game and uh, thought Oklahoma would make a concerted effort to, again, get him the football before you got into Big 12 play. And sure enough, they did. And, and not just him, right? I mean, what, you had three receivers cross the century mark? That was nice to see. Yes. And so I was thinking about this while sprinting upstairs to get this incredible cup of coffee, Josh. In 
in terms of developments from Saturday, in terms of things that you look back and you think, that's a big story. That's, that's something that can resonate. Is the breakout game of Nick Anderson the biggest takeaway from Saturday for Oklahoma? Five, five interceptions, huge, right? I mean, listen, come on, that's just incredible. But when you think about, all right, well, that might be opponent, and Tulsa started what looked like the wrong quarterback. But the development of Nick Anderson and seeing that, I mean, that to me is a massive, massive story. Agreed. And uh, you hit on this earlier, but, yes, Jaden Gibson. Uh, Jalou Farouk had a pretty nice catch, I think, too, a pretty yep. tough con- contested catch. But Jaden Gibson's catch was a degree of difficulty large. So uh-huh. I think uh, both Anderson and Gibson – to see that from each of those two guys, and obviously Anderson catches three passes, and they're all touchdown chunk plays, so that is a lightning rod to grab your attention. Yeah, huge development, but I just think those two guys in general for the offense was was really, really positive. You know, here's um, a counter from Mark from Enid on the running concerns. He does say, guys, remember they ran the ball for most of the fourth quarter when the opposing team knew the run was coming. I, I I agree with you, Mark. But again, since you know we all kind of counter and push back on everything, I would also say I think Tulsa was pretty gassed by that point. I think they were pretty done, and they have a great rotation at edge. They don't really in the middle, and that just got tough. I was so happy to get to watch Onastrowski play in person. He's uh, he's going to be a good one, and he was the guy that got the hit on Gabriel that led to the interception. Big O's kid. I would also add edge rusher for any team that has multiple sacks lined up against your tight end is never a good idea. Never a good idea. All right, guys. um, It's an hour's worth of reaction to Oklahoma's win over Tulsa and getting you ready for the week ahead next.